What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam. All hope is lost, Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky ass hijinks and analysis. Presented by no one. Adam, how's it going, sir? Presented by ourselves, Graham. Presented by ourselves. Yeah. Self independent podcast. I was going to say we need a company name, but I guess our company name is Atlanta Zone and Atlanta Sports Podcast. LLC. So that's who we're sponsored by. Yeah. Um, all hope is lost, you claim, huh? Uh, For the Hawks, at least. Oh, no. Hawks and seven, baby. If that happens, I will pay you $700. <laughs> you don't have to bet anything. What, did you just win a $700 bet or I, something? I did. Okay. I was like, where <laughs> would that number come from? Uh, or seven fifty. Yeah. No, I don't actually think that's going to happen. And by the time this podcast is out, we will know. Well, we won't know. We will know if the Hawks season is over. Or yes. Not. We're recording this as the Hawks game's about to start. Because we don't care enough or have enough faith in the Hawks to like win a game in Boston, no. especially with Dejounte Murray being out for this one. Yeah, there's this is going to be like a 35 point beatdown. This is just going to be a, a disaster. One thing that would be interesting to me, and this will obviously be irrelevant because everyone will have seen the game, but I think it'd be interesting if Quinn switched up the lineup, went Trey, AJ Griffin, Jalen Johnson, Okongwu, Capella. Just get weird. Uh, that's where we it have does, to lose. That's where it does get interesting is you're going to have um, a lot more shooters out there anyways. Yeah. And you're just going to have to jack up threes and hope for the best. Well, let's, can we talk about this game and how just disgustingly obscene it was in terms of... Which game are you referencing? Oh, I'm talking about Gra- game uh, uh, four. The last... So, yeah. let's start from the beginning, maybe. Because I think the last time we recorded, the playoffs hadn't started, True. correct? Yeah, because I was out of town last week. So. Yeah. So, the Hawks got completely hammered game one. Yeah. Battled in the second half a little bit. We'll give them credit for that. Uh, but also, at that point, you know, Boston's foot's not on the pedal. Yeah, so, it's, it's too, nothing too impressive. Little, too late. Uh, second game, pretty much the same script, except the Hawks came out strong and then blew it towards the end of the first quarter and then ended up losing by like 15 or 20 again. Game three, Hawks look strong. The entire game, for the most part. They played out of their minds. I mean, they had, like, what, 78 points at the half or something insane. Like, everything was working for the Hawks. They had to play out of their – they had to play at that level to beat the Celtics. Well, yeah, that's what you really need is just, like – But you can't do that consistently. But you need someone on the bench, like a couple guys on the bench to just go off yes. along with Trey and DeJounte right. playing Trey well. and DeJounte kind of finished that. The bench kind of set up that first half really well, and then and then Trey and DeJounte came alive in the second half, scored the majority of their points in the second half. I will say that has been the one overall promising thing for the future of this team is that Trey and DeJounte have played pretty well. Yeah, but it's Trey like... Trey especially scoring-wise. But it's, it's still just like one, you know, a game or two, you know? It's nothing... I can't get excited about that for the future when the majority of the season, that was not the case. It happens in a playoff game, great, but like, where the hell was this, you know? I mean, it's not like Trey was a 15-point-per-game guy. We kind of put him on a different level when we critique him. Like, he's sure put up good numbers all year. Yeah, but he's, he's still... Both these guys are just... They score a lot because of the volume. You know? Like, neither one of them have... Or, or shoot great from the field, for the most part. They're all, they both shoot, like, under 50% from the field. They both take... You know, in the last game, they took a combined 46 field goals. And we're... Nine, uh, 20 of 46 from the floor. Um, it's just not good enough to me. And 
You know, DeJon- I've noticed this a lot about DeJounte in this series, and shout out to user Joseph for pointing this out when we were at the bar last week when we were on the road, that DeJounte gets steals, but he just takes so many chances. He'll yeah. get blown by <laughs> by the guy he's guarding a lot of the time, but he gets his steals just by trying to jump passes. And I noticed that so much in particular in this game four. There were so many times where DeJounte tried to jump a pass and he would miss. And then he would, you know, this guy would get in front of him and he'd just swipe randomly at the ball out of desperation. He's not, he's, I don't think he's a very good defender. He finished with minus 16 in the plus minus Oof. Um, in, in game four, despite having 23 points, yeah, which was four, the lowest on the team. Game four was tough because they just didn't show up at the beginning of the game. And like they played with Boston after the first, like, what, six or seven minutes. Yeah. But they just, their energy level, once again, wasn't there early. It's like, how do you let that happen? Yeah, it's not, there, it. it's not there early, and then it lagged in the third quarter again. You know, it's just... Um, DeAndre you know, Hunter he, looked like a beast in that game. Yeah. I got to give him credit when he deserves it. Like, you know, like I've been kind of bashing him left and right. As you should. He's my least favorite basketball player of all time. Just because, like, he'll look so, like, the effort's not there. He just bricks three after three. I uh, can't finish in the lane, but then he just like looks like a superstar, right? Like once every ten games. Yeah, if if that though, I mean that was probably his best game since middle of February. I remember uh, who was it? Bob said it was his first twenty point game since February fifteenth or something against really? the Knicks. I remember watching that game, being like, yeah. "Where the hell is DeAndre Hunter?" Um, you know, like why can't we get this more? You know, also though he was a he was a minus eleven in the plus minus. Played bad defense. I thought. I thought that whole team played just trash, trash defense. Well, when you lose by 10, like who was there anyone that was a positive? No one in the starting lineup. The only positive was Jalen Johnson. Okay. Plus I always, four. I always like Jalen Johnson's minutes. Like, I, I think he's going to be really good. Like, he should play more. He's still raw at this point. Like, he makes rookie mistakes, and he's, even though he's a second year player. But that talent is there, man. Oh, yeah. No, I think he's good. I really want to see more AJ Griffin. And I got to just. And this pains me to say, and I was talking with the Uber driver about this on the way over, who's also who's a big Hawks fan. What the hell happened to John Collins? Mm. This game, preach, Graham. This game, and I, and let me say this: I am, I've loved John Collins from the beginning. I got a shirt Z. Uh, I don't do that just for anybody. Uh, a few years ago, so I, I, this he goes one for nine from the floor, one of five from three point range, only gets five rebounds. Um, a, a minus four in the plus minus and only scores five points. Uh, all his shot attempts, he doesn't look confident. When he gets the ball, he kind of just throws the ball up. He doesn't bang in the post like he used to. He's lost all confidence in his game, it feels like. He feels like an absolute shell of what he was, and it's really depressing to see a guy that should be entering his prime at this point or damn near close to it just regress, not even to the mean, below the mean. I don't know how he has retained a starting position with, with this level of play. It's just abhorrent. It's terrible. It's pathetic. Every take he has, there's zero confidence in it, and you can just tell. I mean, watch the game tonight. I'd be surprised if he, he does anything of, of note. I mean, it, it's, it's, hard. It's, it's really sad and depressing to watch, especially as someone who really loves John Collins and what he brings to the table when he's, good, when he's right. He ain't right right now, mentally or physically or maybe both. People who are smarter than me – would tell you that he's basically a man without a position right now. And I think that's what's led to a lot of the issues But he, where he's yeah. an elite pick-and-roll player. Right. But that 
stuff like the those plays are going to Capella and Okongwu. But we don't so even he's kind of been forced to anymore. become more of a perimeter player. Yeah. And you know, really he stepped up his defense. Like his defense used to be terrible, but now he's actually been pretty good defensively. Yeah. But no, he's he's not finishing strong like when he does get chances inside like he used to. Like we used to not have to run plays to him and he would still get his. Yeah. No, they would still find him in the poster once in a while. He would bang and he would score. This time I remember he got the ball he dribbles towards the post and just throws up like an errant hook shot. And I'm like, this is not John Collins' game. What the hell is he doing? And the whole thing with like a man without a position, I get it. But you're right. Like in the past, he, he still had the same problem, but he was able, like you said, to get his. So what, what the hell has changed? Well, I mean, also, like, I don't have the numbers in front of me per usual, but I would bet that his three point shooting was a lot better the past couple years than it's been this year. Oh, yeah. I think this is the worst he's had since like his rookie year. Uh, down to 29.2%. That's a career worst. His best was a 40% clip from three-point range in the 2019 season. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, and he was 39.9% in the 2020-2021 uh, season. Yeah, so if he's doing that, that changes a lot. Yeah. And then people respect his shot as well. Right. And will come out there, which frees up the lane for other players yeah, as well. that stretches so. the floor. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the Hawks just had so many chances to capitalize, but you know, especially in that fourth quarter, they could not stop anybody. They, they were giving up too many offensive boards as well. Um, easy baskets in the post, easy three point attempts. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where like, I'm, st- I'm still kind of on team blow it up. There's just too many problems with this team. Um, Quinn Snyder looks like he's questioning his, his life decisions. I don't think here. so. I don't think so. Every time I show him on the bench, he's got his hand over his face. He just looks so disturbed. Like, I, what the fuck is this? I thought this was pretty cool to see. Because um, back to Trey real quick. Like, remember yeah. last year in Miami where he just couldn't get anything going, and that was yeah. the entire series. Yeah. So this year, first game in Boston's pretty rough, but then Trey's been getting his ever since then. Quinn like knows how to use him. He's made adjustments. And there was a tweet from a, uh, I believe Ray Young is his name. Trey Young's dad tired of his ass. And but I th- this is kind of telling because you gotta you gotta take it with a grain of salt, obviously. But like he said, like no disrespect to old coaches, but Coach Quinn, Coach Snyder, sorry, is like the best thing that's ever happened to my son. So I mean that that's a that's a great sign that you know Trey must respect what he's doing. He's obviously a great basketball mind, and I, I believe in Quinn we can trust. It used to be in Schlenk we can trust, but I believe in Quinn we can trust. Yeah, I mean, and he's getting a lot of looks at this team now, so th- this is great. And yeah, you know, even winning one game against Boston, hell, we'll take it. Yeah, I mean, it's sad that we have to say that, but yeah, I mean, at this point, I think that, but the personnel, I just don't think is they do not gel together, and I wonder if there's just there's a chemistry issue beyond, um, you know, what you're just getting on the floor. That's contributing to the poor play on the floor. Um, that, that's the thing that kind of concerns me about this team is like maybe they're too far gone in terms of a nucleus, and you have to make some sort of sweeping changes to get things on back on track. Um, maybe not. I don't know. That's just sort of where my head's at with it. I'm not saying, you know, trade Trey Young or trade Dejounte, but I'm like Collins, Hunter. Forget it. I don't, I don't want to yeah, see those, those guys again. Yeah, for sure. Those that, guys. That's a major blow. You, you but the good about, news is you've got some nice young pieces that have actually been getting some minutes. And right. AJ and um, Jalen Johnson at this point. But so. AJ's not really playing. He hasn't really played that much. I know, but he Quinn. played a lot during the year. Like, yeah, but, but 
you know, ever since Snyder showed up, he just hardly, he's hardly played. Well, I'll be curious to see how that. I think tonight's game, aka yesterday's game, will be kind of telling. Like, I, I don't think we're going to get blown up by forty. I think they're going to surprise Boston. Oh a little no, bit. I think we're going to get destroyed. I understand your yeah. take. I, I I think it's not going to be especially with no Dejounte. Like, I, I think that I mean they've won games without Trey this year that you expected them to lose. They've won games without Dejounte this year, so you still expect them to lose, though. I would assume. Yes, but yeah. I think they're going to surprise people and be okay. a little closer than you might think. Okay. Well, Trey just opened the game with a three-pointer. Because um, now Trey just gets to be Trey. Yeah, daggers in his eyes. So, you know, who knows? Um, we'll see. But it was it, that game was... Ooh, interesting. Bogeys in the starting lineup. Yeah. Um, okay. That whole game four, man, I was just like... They had so many chances just to shut the door or take the lead. And they, they would get in within four, and then they'd go down by nine. Yeah. they get within three, and then go down by ten. It was just... It was this horrible yo-yo of a game. But um, they tried, I guess. But that's all I can really say. They are what they are. They man. are what they are. We, we can't expect them to do any better than what they've done, which has just been a mediocre basketball team all season, and that's continued into the postseason, unfortunately. Um, that's your Hawks report, I guess. Unless you got anything else you want to anyone else you want to rail on? or Yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else about the Hawks, but I just want to talk in general. So Sunday was a big day in Atlanta professional sports. And it's impressive, like, for two guys that have an Atlanta sports podcast, how, like, shitty of fans we are compared to, like, some of these people out in our city. Like, Who will go to both games. There's, there's a, not just both. So there's a big thing on uh, on Stakey, 92-9 the game, Monday morning. I was driving into work, and he's talking about, he, there's getting all these calls for people that did the trifecta, baby. Oh, did United too? They did Braves to United to Hawks. United won, right? United did okay, win, so it. we oh. didn't get swept. Right, that's good. But it's like, you know, well, the Braves got swept that series by Houston. Hawks lost a tough one, so at least the United got the win in the middle. But, you know, cool cool concept if, um, you know, you got some out-of-towners in and you just want to show them everything. Sure. Uh, yeah, you can you, – I mean – I shouldn't say you couldn't pay me to make me go to a Hawks game, but I, it just frustrate me too much for me to go, like, I'm going to drop 100 dollars on playoff tickets. No thanks. If it gets back to game six somehow, say some miracle happens. If some miracle that, happens... That building's going to be raucous. Yeah, no, I, I might go to that. Maybe, <laughs> but, I, I, I spent a couple hundred bucks yeah, on that Yeah, one. fine. Like, if, if it's like, you know, we win uh, tonight somehow, then, you know, fuck it. There's a chance. Yeah. But... Uh, I just don't see that happening for sure. But that's cool though that people do that. I mean, that's that's uh, that's some diehard shit. I am becoming more of a, a. I mean, I've always been kind of a homebody, but I've become even more of a hermit sports wise. I just much prefer just watching the, the games at home. The older I get, I think that's just how how it goes with life. Um, it's easier to not do something than do something. Yeah, for sure. Senior citizens. You know, but one, once you're out there, you like you you feel the energy. Oh, for sure. I love going to games. Don't you get know? me wrong. It's just it's it's like going to the gym. It's like when you get there and you're actually like the endorphins start going. It feels good, but the idea of doing it, it's just kind of like ah, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Or yeah. watching The Wire. I love The Wire. It's probably my my favorite shows. It's like the idea of watching it though. It's like man, I really pay attention to everything. I don't feel like <laughs> doing that. I rather just like turn on something I don't have to think about as hard. But then when I'm watching it, I'm like, this is the best shit ever. I don't know if that's lazy or like extremely not lazy to the point where you want to be able to just passively watch TV 
but if it's a show you have to really dial into, is that consider is that like a workout to you then? If like you can't just be scrolling your phone or oh, I never scroll my phone. I watch stuff. I'm always uh, I always try to be fully into. So if it. you're not paying attention to a show that's not The Wire, what are you doing? I'm still watching it, but I don't have to. My brain doesn't have to work as hard. There's not as much subtlety. Okay, I got you. So like when I'm watching The Sopranos or The Wire, it's just like I'm not like oh, there's so many mean. There's a lot of meaning in the scene. I can interpret this one of different ways. I really got to pay attention. No one's like has on the nose dialogue. Everyone's I got full you, of shit. I got gotcha. you. It's like to really get the most out of it, you got to pay attention to it. That checks out. Like so hard. So um, it's tough to watch. So it's really tough to watch a Hawks game like The Wire. Then. Yes. Like I passively watch a lot of Hawks games. Yeah, no, this season has been like that. But this game I was dialed in. I was I was watching it like I was watching the wire. I was analyzing everything. I was yeah. so mad at the defensive rotations or lack thereof. It's just the way like especially like Marcus Smart was open so many fucking times in the corner for three. I was like, how does this happen? Over Marcus and over Smart and over is again. one of those players that just like burns us. I hate him with yeah. a passion. He's like that, uh, almost, that Chris Middleton. four point game. Uh, four point play. Yes, you know where they wind it down to one, and then he throws some shit up there. And gets... That that's when I, I I I just said right when that happened, I just yelled "fuck you." I was like, of course yeah. he did that when when he wasn't supposed to play in the game at all. No, yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so there you go. There's your there's your Hawks report. Uh, Braves had a, a bit of a rough stretch against Houston, like you mentioned, got swept um, at home. Been much better on the road than at home this year. Like ten and two on the road, under five hundred at home so far. Kind of interesting how that's shaken out. But you also look at the schedule. Like we've played the Astros and the Padres at home. Right. Granted, we did sweep the Padres in San Diego. There you go. But um, yeah, it's been kind of a bummer because they've. I think they've had. I think it was two of three. They've had six sellouts so far this year. Yeah. Sellout is forty-one thousand or more. They've lost all six games, except for the home opener. Right. So they've lost six out of seven, I believe, actually. Yeah. Um, which sucks. Yeah. It, but it's it, going to even out. It is, and it's and it's super early. You still feel pretty damn good about this team. Uh, I think they let out a lot of frustration last night, clobbering the Marlins 11 to nothing. Um, but, you know, it was... And, and Spencer Strider almost threw a damn... Dude... Matt Olson, what the hell? Almost threw. It was on. It was on pace to throw a perfect game, and then Olson. Gene Segura saved Matt Olson. He did, because no hitters. Obviously, they're very impressive. Grant. Yes, but a, a perfect no game is like. But I'm not saying they're a diamond does it now, but they they happen a lot more than they used to. Like yeah, a no hitter used to be super rare. Yeah, I'm gonna say off the top of my head, there's been less than 30 perfect games, and. Over 200 no-hitters. I'm going to say 65 perfect games and 200 or 250 no-hitters. Oh, wow. There have been 23 official perfect games. Okay, less than 30. All right, you're right. How many no-hitters? Uh, 318 no-hitters. So. Did I just nail that exactly? I don't think you said I, I think I said 300. I, I, said three, I said over 200, so it's yeah. even no, you're, you, a bigger discrepancy you were, than I thought. You were yeah. right. Both so, ways. Not exactly right, but but right. The, yeah, the difference between those two would have been crazy. But, hey, I mean, Spencer Strider, like, just unbelievable. So efficient, too. Like, to be able to go eight innings less than 100 pitches with all those strikeouts, yeah. does, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, one thing I was really liking about um, also his last – does it start before this one um, on the road in San Diego – he had a couple, some efficiency issues. He was walk. He, I think he had three or four walks, but 
you know when he lo- you know when he locates he's just unhittable and he never let any of those walks get to him i think he had a no hitter going into the sixth inning in that game um and he's just got some of the most impressive just pure stuff um i've seen in quite some time i mean the fact that he does it mostly with just two pitches is even more impressive that fastball's got so much movement on it it's just freaking absurd um and once again like we talked about in the last show Rick Cranus giving him that that speech or whatever, and lighting a fire under his ass. It's paying dividends. Um, not to say that he wasn't ever going to regain that, but I think that was a big catalyst. I mean, yeah, for ever sure. Ever since Strider looks yeah. like top of the rotation, not that he wasn't before, but really top of the rotation guy, the ace of the staff right now to me. Yeah, I mean, Freed's been pretty damn good since he's been back as well. Yeah, he has, but he but hasn't been it, as it's, it's impressive a great, as Strider. It's a great one, too, to have, that's yes. for sure. And, yes. You know, Charlie Morton's actually been throwing pretty good his last couple of games. I think even you might have to admit that, as yeah, I see you nodding in your head. He looked solid against San Diego. He's starting to get more whiffs, which is encouraging. Um, I mean, still touching 96, 97. And he, like, look, as, as long as he's coming in, giving you six plus innings, um, three runs or less, like that's what you're paying him for. I like him with, to do better, though, than that. Um, just because that's still kind of pedestrian. That's like you're averaging like a four. Five, four, six ERA when you're doing that. So with this offense, that's all we need, and like you know, save the bullpen some with those innings. Like we we can't have these young guys coming in here walking everyone and their mother. And no, Elder's been great. Being out after three, yeah, Elder's been a freaking stud, man. Elder's been great. Um, so the, Kyle the, Wright looked okay. Yeah, the rotation. It's it, the rotation is coming back together. Yeah, to yeah. the to the point where. I had been stashing Mike Soroka on my fantasy baseball roster and finally dropped him because I was like, oh, wow. I just don't see a spot for him right now. I don't see a spot for him. Yeah. He's apparently making strides in Gwinnett, though. Yeah. We'll see him at some point. They're taking it easy with him. He was supposed to, he was scheduled to start like tonight, but they pushed him till Sunday just yeah. to like, you know, not push it. There's mm-hmm. no need to push him. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, the the getting swept by the Astros was a bummer, but we had an eight-game winning streak before that. Um, so... This team's still good. Yeah, they're still in first place. Um, they look still like the class of the division. You know, it's still very early. Mets are surprising, though, man. I, I still like – I look at the Mets roster still, and I'm like, I'm just so not impressed with this team. But they're playing pretty good baseball again. Yeah. They're only, what, a game back of us right now, I think? Yep. No, they're, they're, they're playing well. And this is without Verlander, too. So but, Yeah, they've got a couple injuries in their starting pitching staff. So – Big uh, series. We got them this weekend for the yes. first time. Yes. So that, that'll that be exciting. How do you feel about A.J. Minter? Not, did not have a good series against Houston. Two innings pitched, uh, five runs, uh, did not have his best stuff. Yeah, I feel – I mean, I still feel good about A.J. He's not a closer, I don't think. Like, I mean, he's a elite setup man. But, you know, it's just something different about being a closer. Yeah, two and blown he's been, And he's been really good all year. Yeah, no, he has that. been good all year. Yeah, and I think he's been over overworked a little bit as well. Like, a lot of these guys, like him, um, Dylan Lee. Lee's really been overworked. Um, Chavez, who they finally got to him on Saturday. You knew that was going to happen. I don't really like Jesse Chavez in super high leverage situations. Even though he had been lights out, he just doesn't – when he when he misses, he just doesn't have the blow-by-you stuff or the movement on the pitches that are good enough to like you know compensate for mistakes. So I, I kind of prefer him to be a six-inning guy again, even though I think he's still very valuable. Right, which he's he's going to be. I mean, uh, we got McHugh back today. That's huge. So that's going to be big. And, I mean, we still haven't 
we've had we have we have a top five bullpen without our best bullpen pitcher yet. Yeah. So Iglesias has started throwing again. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we have him back in a couple weeks, and I think everything's going to kind of really come together then. So over the course of the season, it's going to happen. Where I mean, the bullpen's been so damn good for us um, the first month, and then this past weekend they blew a couple games for us. So that happens. But also, you know, the offense wasn't giving them a ton to work with. Um, I think it was a two nothing lead at the point. Uh, Minter came into that game, so yeah. Uh, weekly Marcelo Zuna watch, Adam. Just wait till Michael Harris is activated. Uh, <laughs> still in like oh seventy three. I mean, or something. and he the the crowd Hates is just giving ass. him the business. Yeah. Like, I mean, it is like there's just so many things with Marcel. It's not obviously the on field has been really bad for a long time. But then, obviously, the off-field stuff as well, and it's just compounding, and there's just too many good vibes on this team for us to have Marcel hanging around. Yeah, and I don't, I don't understand the rationale continuing to put him in the lineup. I really, I mean, I've been saying that the whole year, but now it's, it's, it's just embarrassing. Like now he's striking out more. Like that last strikeout last night when we we're up eleven to nothing, he's so far ahead of that pitch. His body's like out of the, out of the freaking batter's box when he, when he's swinging. Almost like during his swing, the way he ends up, it's like he's facing towards the third baseline when he's a right-handed hitter, which makes no sense. Like his whole body flew open. Um, he's he's mentally he's he's shot and uh, physically definitely shot. Like whoa, God, it's it's, it's awful. Um, he's also got. I thought this was really funny. His batting average of balls in play is o forty three. So he's gotten lucky. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, With an 075 average or whatever it is. You know the movie, Graham, Major League? Of course. Where the owner is trying to tank the team. Right. And just like getting the worst players possible to get the team to move to a different city. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's Snit- Kind of like the Oakland A's. Poor bastards. Exactly. Yeah. But I think that's what Snit is doing to Anthopolis right now. Snit's like, hey... He's on my roster. I'm going to keep, keep running him out there <laughs> until you make a move, Jesus. buddy. Okay? Um, no, it, it, it is wild. And, I mean, it, especially with, you know, Rosario's been okay. Like, I think he's still hitting around 200, but, like, he's showing signs. And it, it's just interesting, like, how much the crowd loves Rosario. Like, he still, gets, NLCS, he still man. gets Eddie Chance, and now yeah. they're booing the shit out of Marcel. Um, Eddie Rosario could... I don't know. Say highly inflammatory things. He could have a DUI. He could do whatever, and he would still be revered because that NLCS run is legendary. Yeah, he was such a critical part of winning that World Series. Um, Marcelo Zuna, on the other hand, not so much. No, I mean so. Harris comes back, and I mean the good news is Sam Hilliard sure seems like a diamond in the rough, man. Like he he's been really impressive hitting over 350 now the power's coming out he's got speed his defense has been incredible defense has been great that running catch in uh san diego saved your boy charlie martin a home run was was massive um really love his effort his batting average balls in play is like 600 so he is going to come crashing down at some point but i think he's done enough to hell give him the left field job i don't care if there's a left-handed pitcher um it doesn't, doesn't matter to me. Really solid platoon with Rosario. Yeah. No, he, you he, feel better about that platoon. Yeah. He, he's, uh, I really like the way he plays, um, even if he's not going to play at this level for the rest of the year. He's, he's done enough 
at least for now, to be like, yeah, put that guy in left and maybe do a platoon with Rosario, but he's playing better than Rosario. He, sh- he should have that job. And, you know, um, if there's ever a day after Darno comes back where um, you want to put him in DH for whatever reason, that's fine with me too. He, you know, he should be getting at-bats every day. I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about with the Braves, Graham. Shortstop. Yeah. Grissom, the defense has been as advertised. Bad errors the other night against Houston. Like, he just doesn't look ready to be – I mean, who would have thought – you know, the front office and Knows coaches that doing. see him every single day and just got us a World Series. Holy shit. Maybe they know what they're doing. Unbelievable. Just like they know what they're doing with... Uh, that's why, they're like you're saying, that that has to be also why there's a plan for uh, Marcelo Zuna to keep running in there. Yeah. But. I mean, just looking at the difference... I mean, Grissom's been okay offensively, but not like anything amazing. No. Like, Arcia, like what we saw from Arcia early compared to what I've seen from Grissom, it's like a no-brainer. It's like... Yeah, no, it's been Grissom's that dude, and and I mean RC is that dude. Sorry. Yeah, it's particularly uh, defensively. It's been so much better, and uh, offensively, Vaughn has not really done much with the bat, despite the two seventy three average. Only has a three hundred three slugging percentage, which is anemic. That's like Marcelo Zuna esque, and only a six seventeen OPS and a three fourteen on base. So he's not really doing much, but getting you some singles. He's only gotten one walk. So far in 33 at bats, which is terrible. Yeah, so I think he's 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 making the decision pretty easy to just throw him back down in Gwinnett. Yeah, and that's Sh- fine. Shoemake, who was the rave in spring training, he's hitting like 078 down oh, yeah, in AAA. So. I think Vaughn is a lot closer as a hitter, despite the power not being there or, or the patience of the plate. I still think he's he will be a major league player at some point, just not yet. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. It's not like he's, you know this 27-year-old prospect that we've been waiting for all this time, and then he sucks. You know, it's nothing like that. He's, he's still very young, so I'm, I'm not too concerned about him. He's only 22, for Christ's sake. Um, but, yeah, it looks like so far that the decision to give Arcia the, the starting shortstop job was the right one. So I'll, I'll eat crow for now on that, for sure. That's big of you, Graham. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping you're going to eat crow in this Hawks game as the Hawks are up 27-24. Okongwu just hit a wide-open three. And that never happens. Uh, Jalen Johnson's hit a three. John Collins. So I think the good news about this game, and I was, you know, once again talking to the the Uber driver about this on the way over, uh, is the Hawks had nothing to lose, man. Just play loose. Have fun. Yeah. Which they're doing so far. Maybe you can punch Boston in the jaw a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah. see where this goes. I don't think we've won a playoff game at the the Garden in my lifetime. So this would be uh, this would be kind of fun if they could somehow pull it out. Um, anything else you got, young man? Oh, in general? Yeah. Well, NFL draft is this week. Graham. NFL draft is this week. We'll have a show on it next week. Casey Hayward got released. Yeah. If you saw that. Yeah. That was interesting. I guess they're they feel confident with Okuda, Jeff Okuda. Yeah, Hayward's a uh, a zone guy. He's a zone defensive specialist. Where uh, we're gonna be running man this year with our new defensive coordinator. Makes sense then. So, so that might be a reason. There's also questions I think about Hayward's health. Only played in six games last year. Yeah. So still two days out. Don't know what the hell the Hawks are gonna do. I love Terry Fontenot the other day. He's like, we could definitely trade back. We could definitely trade up. Yeah, it's just classic GM shit yeah. where he's just not giving you a, a 
an inkling as to what's uh, what's going on. That'd be great if they have no idea what they're doing either. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing stupid, but he is he actually is stupid. Shit, there's funny. a lot of different ways we can play this. Yeah, man. I mean. Should we take this running back? I don't know. That's really early to draft a running back, but maybe we could trade back and get the running back. I think I think he is going to draft Bijan. I mean the the you know the track record's there. Drafts Kyle Pitts, drafts uh, Drake London. You know why not get another skill position guy? I guess. I mean I still don't want to do that, but running back at eight is just it's so just early. such a it's so it's such a, especially when you got a thousand yard rusher who's entering his second season. But if you can trade back and get him at like 14. But it's, again, that position of need versus the best player available. And the best player available is so objective. I mean, subjective, excuse me. But the, uh, you know, your position of need really is, you know, it's, uh, it's it's quite objective what this team needs. Take this guard. Take the guard. I'd be okay with you that. You could take the guard. I mean, I'd be they're, they're, okay with the guard. I'd be okay with taking a risk on uh, Jalen Carter. Maybe. It, you know, I do not envy. Could, could be the best defensive player in the draft. Could be, and he just needs to get his head on straight. Yeah, you know, the the talent is there. Um, so it'll uh, could take a quarterback. Who the hell knows? Yeah, like watch them take Anthony Richardson or something. Something crazy like that happens. I don't know. Well, Terry, hopefully you know because we we sure as hell we don't. sure as hell don't, and uh, yeah, we're we're no help to you. We'll come back next week and pretend uh, to know who all these players yeah, are. Like, oh yeah, I remember watching Anthony Richardson <laughs> that one game on uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Hugo says he's shit. Yeah, Hugo, Hugo says he's shit. Hugo does say that. So yeah. Hugo has watched more Florida football than both of us combined. That so is true. That's probably the best opinion on Anthony Richardson <laughs> that we can put out there is that he's shit. Very good. Um. I guess that's it. I think XFL playoffs start this weekend. So the, the battle, the Battle Hawks. Yeah, I don't know if they're in it or not. Maybe everyone's either. in it. I don't know. They're your team. Sorry, Graham. I guess sorry, Battle Hawks. Yeah, sorry, Battle. Don't apologize to me. Let's get yeah. off my nose. Yeah. Um, not Atlanta sports related, but I am sad for the Oakland A's fans. <laughs> that's brutal. They lose their football team and and their baseball team. And now. the Warriors. I mean, when they only moved to San Francisco. It's still like that's a big deal to a lot of people who live in the Bay Area. Um, you know, because they were in Oakland before they built the uh, whatever the Oracle Arena. So yeah, they lost their entire. I think minus the San Jose Sharks, they lost their entire uh, their entire professional sports teams. Yeah, I would be so livid if like we lose any more of our teams and then it's like any time football season comes around or baseball season I, mean, I guess you just have to like take on a new team or i don't know if you still can follow that team at that point it's funny i went on the oakland a's subreddit and just when all the shit came out and just scrolled for a while i thought it was pretty captivating some people were like i'm never watching baseball again who had been oakland a's fans for years there's this one woman who uh, was a big fan said she, she was like sexually assaulted at the at the Coliseum, but kept going back because she loved the A's so much. She was like, "I love this team. This is like a huge bonding thing for me and my my brothers." And we, uh, you know, and, and the the team apparently did a great job of like catching the guys that did it and bringing them to justice and stuff. So she's like, she has like a strong bond with them. She's like, I can never watch it another baseball game again this mm. is like this goes beyond baseball to me like i love this yeah this team so much they mean so much to me that i i just 
this is like the worst. She's like, I, I am, I am going to go into a hole for a while and I'm not coming out. And then you have other people that are saying, you know, who blame the city. Some other people blame the ownership. Some people blame all of them. Um, but no one has said, at least on that subreddit, like, yep, we're going to be following the, the A's to Vegas. Um, it's just not, I don't think, I think they just feel so betrayed and how can you blame them? Yeah. yeah I guess the only plus would be, it's like, say the Braves move to Charleston, Charleston Braves. Yeah. Then, then it'd just be like a fun, like trip to go to Charleston and catch a couple Braves games. Yeah. It still suck. Yeah, for sure. But no. Hopefully yeah. we don't go through that again. I don't think so. I think, I mean, you look at what the battery's doing, how good the Braves are. Could be adding a hockey team soon. Could be adding a hockey team. Did we team. talk about that on the podcast? We have not talked about that. So that should have been the alternative sports segment. Yeah, we didn't do the alternative sports segment. <laughs> well, I guess we'll do it at the end. We'll now. do it at the end, probably where it needs to be. Yeah, there, <laughs> there, <laughs> there's this, uh, all these rumors about some big, I think the, it is getting built Irregardless, some like massive investment in Forsyth County, which is like Alpharetta, I believe. I guess. Um, it's up north somewhere. Very far away, not on a Marta line. And they're gonna not. build a battery type scenario with a state of the art arena. And I guess like you'd start off with like concerts there, but the ultimate goal is to get a hockey team back to Atlanta. And I think there's talks of the NHL NHL expanding anyways with like you know, up to like four new teams. So you would think Atlanta could be on that list if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we've said before, I think, you know, I, I would be a much bigger hockey fan to this day had the Thrashers never left. Sure. Because I was watching a decent amount of hockey um, their last season. And Hell, you're one of the few people I know that has like multiple Thrashers shirts. Sure. Yeah. My most popular outfit when I'm out, out and about gets the most comments of anything I own. But um, no, I think I think there's a a lot of people in Atlanta that would fill up that arena a lot. And, you know, just based on the su- success of the battery and Atlanta United, I think the argument's there. Um, I just hope they don't use more tax dollars to get it done. That's the biggest problem. And that's what a lot of people were saying about, you know, the A's moving there and how it's going to take billions of dollars of or hundreds of millions of dollars of tax money to do it. The thing I hate about that the most is that, you know, you could, in theory, use that money for other things. You could try to, you know, use that against homelessness, use that for education, not against homelessness, but you know what I mean, like help people who are homeless, use it for education, use it to improve the roads. I don't know, do something that's actually going to provide value to your community as opposed to some big ass arena. I know people say, oh, it brings in money, it brings in you know good for too, business good for business and, which yeah, i think is valid that's true to a degree but it's also like what would you rather do you know would you rather be i'd rather be more altruistic with with loads of money than donate to a fucking sports team well businesses jobs jobs change lives for individuals so sure but you know some guy from las vegas was talking about this and he was like our education's like the worst in the country that's and a problem too. You want to fucking put a billion dollars into a stadium for a shitty team that no one wants. Yeah, baseball in Vegas does seem like kind of odd. 
Is that like that's not something people go to Vegas to do? No, I mean no one goes to Vegas to watch the Raiders either. Probably. Um, Why does Vegas need something else? They've got plenty of stuff. I think it's just because there's a lot of people, a lot of money there, that are interested in in doing that. Um, Give it to Charlotte. Charlotte would eat up a, a baseball team for sure. Um, Nashville would eat up a baseball team, big time. Bring it to the South. Yeah, it'd be interesting to have another Southern team. And see how that would affect, um, you know, the Braves are the team of the South. Every, you know, people in Alabama, Mississippi, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, um, hell, Virginia, hell, all across the country love the Braves. But if you really put something in the Southeast that's near the Braves, uh, I would love to see what that would turn into in terms of the fan base. Um, you know, will will that will people in North Carolina if I went to Charlotte embrace that team and forsake the Braves or you know what would happen it'd be probably, kind of interesting yeah. yeah be interesting some people probably wouldn't but some people definitely would yeah so but there you go Adam gives a thumbs up he's done talking <laughs> and so am I we hope you guys are doing well thanks for listening we'll see you next week until then rise up chop on unite and conquer and remain true to Atlanta Hospitalis Soap Hospitalis Soap